all those testimonies, it seems like <clears throat> through charity, there's some sort of open door toward pointing people to God, toward an ongoing relationship, toward inviting people. And uh, how did we miss that all this time that God wants us to love others? And then that will be the way that we'll get an open door. Sacrificial love. And then through that, the, I mean, that's what Jesus did. That's what God did. That's his whole MO. So praise the Lord. I love that. Thank you, guys. Um, open your Bibles to 2 John chapter 9. It, it is Father's Day. I, The older I get, the more I appreciate fathers. I hope you had a dad. You know what a dad does for you? A dad will help the family know, you know, they'll teach their kids who they are. I teach my kids who they are. They, my kids know who they are. And they know if they're okay or not. There's been an authority in our household that they could go to and figure out who they are and to figure out if they're doing okay or not. So today, you know, I got a son working in Kid Town, another son baptized someone today. My heart is just so full. I mean, what could be better than that than, than just seeing that and and you know, I have never, I never will be a perfect father, right? <laughs> like you could make lists of things I got wrong, but but I was a father. And it makes a difference if, if you had a dad or not. And, you know, we all do the best we can. And some of us, some of you, your dads did the best they can, but it just wasn't very good at the time. And you grew up without a dad and and... Um, you too, as you get older, should appreciate what it is to, to be a dad and to have a dad. And, and we're, one thing we're going to be looking at today is kind of, you know, who we are in terms of what we believe. And so maybe you didn't have a dad, but well, today I'll, I'll, I'll be your dad spiritually and I'll just show you who you are and let you know that, yeah, if you're in Christ, you're okay. So we're going to be looking at that today, but let's just pray real quick. You want a handout? You want your Bible and then something to take notes with. And even if you're not going to fill in the blank, during small group time, are you playing video games over here? Song and dance is get ready for Song and dance. Okay. All right. Let's go to the Lord together. Father, we love you. God, here we are. We're gathered in Jesus' name. Your people in this place. God, we just want to acknowledge your presence. Thank you for being with us in here this morning. If you weren't here, we'd be wasting our time. As much as we love each other, God, if you weren't here to lead, guide, and direct us according to your word, we'd be better off just being somewhere else. But God, you are here, so we thank you for that. Help us to hear from you and respond to what we learned today in Jesus' name. Amen. So look at 2 John chapter, uh, there's only one chapter. Look at 2 John verse 7. This is so interesting, you guys. Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. 
What in the world is that talking about? We'll look at that today. It's super interesting. You know, we were talking about the Boston trip. This is missions trip season for Midtown, and we just had the London, Ireland trip get back. And one place that the London trip went to while they were there, they went to the, the suburb of London called Westminster. Yeah. Westminster is a, is a famous place. It's where Trafalgar Square is. It's where Buckingham Palace is, Big Ben, all that kind of stuff. But it's also where Westminster Abbey is. So Westminster Abbey is a famous church there in London. And, you, and now they hold services, but I think it's mostly a tourist trap at this point. Sorry, London, if I'm wrong about that. I would love for you to prove me wrong about that. I'd love to see disciples made there and people coming to Christ there and God being glorified there. That'd be awesome. Hope I'm wrong. But I think it's mostly a tourist place. And you can see lots of different things there. One thing you would see if you would go there and take the tour is you'd see a chalice, a cup. And it's the cup of Edward the Confessor. Is, is it any history people in here you've heard of Edward the Confessor? No. Edward the Confessor was a king of England. And that, that title, the confessor, okay, that was a title historically given to people who publicly confessed Christ. Now, a lot of people who publicly confessed Christ were martyred. They were killed. So if the Roman Catholic Church is in charge and I publicly confess that I believe the Holy Scriptures and what it says about Jesus Christ, I might just get martyred right there. A confessor is someone who publicly confessed, but didn't end up dying. Okay, they, they weren't martyred, but they were still bold enough to get baptized in the river in front of everybody and say, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to get immersed, baptized by immersion, not by sprinkling in the Okay, so, so you would maybe see the cup of Edward the Confessor. Um, the other thing you might see is a copy of the Westminster Confession. Has anyone heard of that? Okay, the Westminster Confession, it is a document written in Westminster in 1643 by the Church of England. So you had all these different people believing all these different things. Okay, so the authorities said, hey, can we get a bunch of smart Christian leaders together and come up with the basics of the Christian faith and put it into a document called a confession? That sounds like confessor. Okay. In our verse today, it says, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So this Westminster Confession, it's, it's a big, long document that, that we would agree with most of it until they get into all the Calvinist stuff, okay, that says you don't actually have any free will, okay? But, but besides that, this is what, even to this day, there's a lot of Presbyterian churches that say if you want to be a leader in the Presbyterian church, you have to sign off that you agree so publicly, you have to confess the confession. 
this is what you have to believe if you want to be a Presbyterian in our in our denomination. Does that make sense? The confession is the thing you confess. They also have uh, what's called the catechism, which is like principles that they believe in that are in question and answer form. What is the purpose of man? And then the answer is the, the purpose of man is to, and then, so that's a catechism. So they have those sorts of things and you can see that, but it's super interesting. In this verse, we're talking about what you confess or what believers or deceivers do or do not confess. And so that's, that's what we're going to be looking at today. We see, first of all, in this verse, Many deceivers are entered into the world. Okay, so what is a deceiver? Well, you guys know that. A deceiver is someone who appears one way, but they are another way. If I wanted to deceive you, I didn't want you to see who I really am. What I'm going to do is I'm going to appear to be something different than I really am. That would be deceptive, right? Okay. That's what deceivers are, people who appear one way, but they are another way. And we read about this in Matthew chapter 7, <coughs> verse 15. Okay. MC, let's go to the next slide for me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They look like a sheep on the outside, but they're actually not a sheep on the inside. So there may be people in this room, and they look one way, but they really are another way. There's a lot of deceivers that have entered into the world, and that phrase is interesting. We're going to look at that now. What does it mean they've entered into the world? If we compare Scripture to Scripture, there's only one other place in Scripture where we see that phrase, entered into the world, and that's in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And a lot of you are familiar with this because it's a discipleship memory verse. Okay, wherefore, okay, so as one man, as by one man, sorry, sin entered into the world. So let's talk about Adam. So through Adam, okay, sin entered into the world and then, and then death followed. Okay, so sin through Adam, death came through sin. Death passed upon all man. For that all have sinned. Okay, so because we've all sinned, we all inherited death. And those two things entered into the world through Adam. So just like sin entered into the world, you know what else has entered into our world? Deceivers. Okay, they came the same way. We, we, we live in a fallen world. Did you guys know that? We live in a world where not everybody's honest. Did you know that? We live in a world where there's sin. You got, like, anyone watch the news ever? Had to quit watching the news, anybody? Like, it's just too, uh, okay. Man, that's the world we live in. We live in a fallen world, okay? We, we know that. We should appreciate that from this. I think that's the point here that John is making, and then these deceivers, so let's look at what this verse says about these guys, about these deceivers who have entered the world. First of all, who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, and so we're just going to break down the rest of this verse. What does it mean that they confess not? Okay, that word confess, 
is homo, which means the same. Okay. Geo, that's that's the words. So that's the word confess in Greek is to say the same words. Now that makes sense if you think about a confession. So the Westminster Confession, hey, listen, if you want to be a leader in the Presbyterian Church, you all have to agree to the same thing, the same words. You have to say, yes, I submit and agree to the Westminster Confession to be a leader in the Presbyterian Church. You have to it's the same words. You guys tracking with me on that? Yeah. Okay, so... Well, these deceivers confess not that Jesus has come in the flesh. So automatically we think of people like the Gnostics. The Gnostics teach that Jesus did not come in the flesh. They teach that, that it was like a phantom or like the appearance of Jesus, but it's very different than the physical because they say the flesh is so wicked, Jesus couldn't have been in the flesh. He couldn't have been a man because then he would have been tainted by the flesh. Okay, well, that's true. The Third Church of Christ Science and, and other Gnostic type groups believe that. But, 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 there's a difference between confessing something that you think is not and not confessing something. Let me say that again. There's a difference between confessing something that you think is not and not confessing. Okay, this verse is talking about what, okay, letter B. It is not what is confessed that allows us to identify the deceivers. It is what is not confessed. So the Third Church of Christ scientists, they're not deceivers. They're just wrong. They're not pretending to be people who believe one thing, but they actually believe another thing. They just believe something that isn't biblical. Okay? That's different than someone who is pretending to be a believer, but really isn't. Okay, how do we identify deceivers? It's not by what they confess. So someone who confesses bad doctrine, they, 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 that's what they believe. They're being honest. Not a, no one's right about everything. I mean, God is, but we're not, right? Does that make sense? Deceivers are identified by what they do not confess, not by what they do confess. You guys with me? Difference between being wrong and being a deceiver. Okay. So what is it that believers, true believers, confess that deceivers do not confess. This is number three on our handout, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So Jesus, that speaks to his personhood, his humanity. Christ speaks to his office and his divinity, the Messiah. Let her see that he's come in the flesh. That speaks to his physical incarnation and the finished work of his propitiation. Propitiation is an atonement. Is one of those definitions of a definition that needs to mind. Atonement is when you're at one with God. That thing that separated me from God, so I wasn't at one with God. I was separated from him because of my sin. 
that's mm -hmm. been removed, it's been atoned for, and now I'm at one with God. There's nothing separating me. The veil has been torn, right? Christ is our propitiation. He is our atonement. You can see this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of what? The whole world. Okay, so let's just look at this. Just think about this for a minute. We can, we can compare scripture to scripture. Turn to the gospel of John, okay, chapter 1. This introduction that we have to Jesus, we can see Jesus, the, the person, the man. I think Sam said it this way in his message. Jesus was a dude, right? He was a man. He was human. And we see that in John chapter 1, verses 29 and 30. The next day, John, this is John the Baptist, seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I spoke. This is the guy I've been telling you about. After me cometh a man. When Jesus was walking, yeah, he's the Lamb of God figuratively, but he was also a man. He was a physical, real man. This is Jesus, his humanity. But he was also divine. Look at, look at John chapter 1 here in the first few verses. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So look at that. In verse 3, we get to creation. In verse 1 and 2, we see Jesus with God, as God, before the creation of the world. And then we get the creation of the world in verse 3. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There we see Christ. We see the divinity of him being emphasized. And we'll just, for the sake of time, jump down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh. That God, Jesus, who was in the beginning, the creator, the one that had the life and the light, he was made flesh. And what did he do? He dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and in truth. He was Jesus. He was man. He was also divinity. He also came in the flesh. And what we saw, Jesus as the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Because see here, I don't miss this. Sin entered the world through Adam. Death entered through that. This is Romans chapter 5. But grace entered through the one man, Jesus Christ. So through the one man, sin and death entered into our realities. We inherited that. And yep, sure enough, through our own individual sin, we inherited unrighteousness and death and judgment and condemnation. And that was our reality. But then God became flesh. And he became a man and dwelt among us. And that thing that you and I were not able to do, because we inherited an Adamic sinful nature, he, as the God-man, 
was able to do, and he did live a perfect life, and he did fulfill the requirements of righteousness. And then he died atoning, not for his sin, he didn't have any, for our sin and became the propitiation of the whole fallen world. And now grace and righteousness and justification and eternal life is available to all the world because the Lamb of God took it all. Okay. But there are deceivers that have entered into the world. So those of us who confess Christ, we recognize who he is. The name of the Lord is a high tower. The righteous runneth into it and is saved. That's who I am. I'm someone who has been made righteous through the finished work of the God-man who came and took away the sins of the world and offers righteousness and justice and eternal life to all who will receive it. That's who I am. That's who you are if you are in Christ. And this is the answer to all of our all of the questions, the self-doubts, the accusations, the moralizing, the attacks. Here's the answer. Jesus Christ has made me righteous. I've confessed Jesus Christ came and did the finished work of, 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 of atoning for my sin. And I bear it no longer. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so good. We all point to the Lord Jesus Christ. At least we could, we should. And here's key point number one. It is confessing Jesus Christ that makes us part of the Jesus group equally. Let's just say that, that this room represents eternal life. And when you enter from the world and you come through that door and enter into eternal life, what would the door be in my metaphor? Jesus. Is there any way to get in here? No. The only way in my metaphor for you to enter into eternal life is to come through Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? That's the case for all of us. If you are born again, it's because you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation the same lord that you confessed according to the same gospel is the same lord i confessed and now here we are equally we're all the same and there's one hero in here it's not me it's not you who's the hero jesus what a beautiful thing 1 Corinthians 29.11. I'm sorry. 1 Chronicles 29.11. All God's people together can say, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and the earth is thine thine is the kingdom and thou O lord are exalted as head over all and we can all come in here equally having confessed christ and he gets the glory 
He gets the honor. He gets the victory because his is the majesty. And then it's like, woo. That's who I am. Okay, so deceivers. Deceivers, key point number two, they act the part. But it's not enough for them to be a part. I'm pretty grateful, you guys. All my sin was paid for by Christ, and I get to be a part of his program. That's enough for me. Everything else is just gravy. I'm just so happy to be here with you guys instead of just being out in the world somewhere. But the deceivers, it's not enough for them to just come be a part of what God is doing. And this is how the verse ends. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So these people who appear, these are the people who appear to be confessors, but are not. Okay. They will bring in their own agendas, their own doctrines, their own focus to, to bring you, God's people, into their camp. You guys got that? They look like us. They sound like us. They'll say lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of things, but what they won't do is simply come be a part. Just say, I'm here because of what God has done through Christ in my life. I personally, I personally said yes, that Jesus Christ is the Lord. He did come in the flesh and, and he did a finished work and I put my faith and trust in him. I confessed the Lord. Okay, they won't do that. And the reason they won't do that here, Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, tells us about these guys. But there were also false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately, privately, so secretly, they bring in their damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways their ruinous, evil ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. See, you're just, they want to make merchandise of you. They want to use you so they can have a place because they bring you into subjection, as Galatians teaches, to their false doctrine. And they sound really good, you guys. These are people with smooth tongues. They know scripture, but it's not all about Christ. They're confessing <laughs> not. So finally, letter B, they're deceivers and they're antichrist. So they will not come be a part, really. They act part, but they won't come be a part because that will not glorify them. And that's really what they're after. They've missed the whole thing. They don't understand the whole homo logeo thing, the whole confess and just come and add your amen to the gospel choirs for us. Make sense? You guys, I can think of people like this. All right. So finally, Romans 16, 17, 18 describes these guys. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they are such that serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. But they don't come in and say, 
because I serve my own belly, I would like to make merchandise of you and draw you away unto my, my focus, my agenda. They don't say that. Good words and fair speeches. They use good words, you guys. They use fair speeches. Why? To deceive the hearts of the simple. That's a deceiver. That's an antichrist. Okay, so in our small groups, number one, make sure you're not a deceiver. Don't you know you can deceive yourself? The Bible teaches you can deceive yourself. I can deceive myself. I need to pay attention and tremble. And make sure I'm not, first of all, deceiving myself, and then secondarily deceiving everybody else. God forbid. Okay. Well, how do you know you're not a deceiver? Well, is it enough for you to just come and add your amen to what God has said? Is it enough for you to have the identity of someone who's been born again by confessing Christ? To just, okay. Number two, discuss immunizing yourself against being seduced by deceivers. Like, can you recognize these guys? Because they have fair speech, fair words, fair speeches. They sound really good. Make sure you're not going to be made merchandise. Of. You don't want to be another person's merchandise. That just sounds horrible. Okay. So don't speak, you know, evil of any one person, but, but, Maybe in your small groups, if you've been exposed to this at some point, you could share that. So let's do this. Small group time. We'll take 15 minutes in small groups just to work through these things. And we can do a recap in the end. Okay? All right. It's good.